0: Hello and welcome to The Writing Forge, where we discuss tips and tricks for honing your writing. I'm Bonnie. I'm Miranda. And we're your hosts. Let's Let's get get into it. it. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Today, we've got Leah Busboom with us, and I'm really excited about this episode because Leah has been a client of mine for a really long time. Welcome, Leah. How are you doing? Welcome, Leah. I'm great. Thank you. So we're going to talk about outsourcing for authors. First, why don't we go ahead and let you introduce yourself and tell us sort of how you got to where you are in the writing world today.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Well, uh, I had this really stressful job and I quit. <laughs> <laughs> that was in 2017. I said, life's too short to work for these awful people. So I quit and then I said, huh. Huh what am I going to do next? (laughs) And I I said, you know what? I think I can write a book. So I wrote a book. And the funny part of the whole thing is I had no clue how to do it or, you know, I'd read lots of books. And after I got 20,000 words down, I thought, yes, I'm done. (laughs) Right? So I googled, how long does a novel need to be? (laughs) Oh, my, I was only halfway there. So after a clunky start, uh, I kind of got into it. And then I met Bonnie and she helped me because she would say, you know, things not to do, things to do. (laughs) And I've written 33 books now. You are, I think, incredibly prolific. (laughs) Yeah. It runs in my head all the time. It's like a film in my head. And I have to sit down and write it out. Um, And all of those you've self-published, right? I have. Yeah, you know, I I toyed with the idea of trying to get published. But the thing is, I believe in myself. And I thought by the time I find a publisher, I'll be, you know, too old, (laughs) for one thing. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to do it myself. And I'm going to figure out I didn't want to write, you know, something horrible and put it out. But I wasn't shy, I guess you would say, I was willing to put it out in the world and see what happened. And I did Being willing to take a chance and make mistakes is
2: really important in any business, I think.
1: Yes, I agree. And, you know, I go to these writer conferences and they've been working on their book for like five years. And I'm like,
0: oh, if I work on a book for five months, I get tired of it. I think, um, I don't know if it's entirely genre related, but I do think that romance writers tend to be more prolific more Mm. quickly able to turn things out there are some there are writers of other genres who are very fast as well so i don't think it's like only that way but i think i think that probably helps i agree there's sort of a format right yeah Mm -hmm. and they're all happily ever after you don't have to (laughs) decide how it's gonna end (laughs) so oh gosh except
1: for the one book right yes
0: well we'll talk about that one oh, okay because uh, we really got reamed on a review <laughs> oh wait i don't think i was thinking about a different one which one were you thinking about forever you oh okay yeah okay i was thinking about that one that's true it, i forgot it
1: didn't end up how this lady wanted it to end
0: yeah. Up. yeah that's right didn't she is that the one who said like what editor let this yes they should be <laughs> shot oh yeah, okay i think that was the first death <laughs> she, threat i've ever gotten she was
1: editor. just Awful, and it was a one-star review, and it was the first review on the book, and I just sat and cried. Yeah. Because I thought, this is the best book I've ever written. How can you say this?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's gotten better reviews since then, right? You won an award for that one.
1: Yes, I did. So you overcome those things.
0: Yeah. You know, if I would have just said, okay, that's it.
1: One-star review, I'm done. You know, you you have to have extremely thick skin. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
2: And so, so jumping off of that and knowing that those are the kinds of things that you'll be facing, what are the most important stages of publishing that a self published author needs to deal with to get ready to face that or to put it out there in the world? What are, what are the important parts of self publishing or stages?
1: Well, that's a good question. Um, I'd say one part is, um, Learning how to get reviews. Hmm. My first set of books, they were good. I mean, of course, believe in yourself, but <laughs> you know, I'd struggle to get like three reviews, something like that, you know, and I'd practically beg could you read it and leave a review? <laughs> um, but you know, you have to get a newsletter hmm. and you have to build your fan base, that's important. And then there's you know a hundred different things you have to learn how to do, mm-hmm. you know how do you publish it, how do you find an editor? I was so lucky with Bonnie. I bumped into her at a event we went to at yeah. a
0: the Library. Loveland
1: Library. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we kind of we kind of uh, I don't know we met and we felt like we you know knew each yeah. other. And I wanted somebody who could understand me and my mm-hmm. writing, not try to change me. Um, and say, oh, that you shouldn't write it that way. And Bonnie gets me, so oh, thanks. yeah. So having an editor that gets you is important, I think. Try not to listen to every single piece of advice you get. Yes. Oh, you got even be from on your TikTok. editor. Yeah. Well, no, no. I listen <laughs> no, to you. I... But, you know, you got to be on TikTok, got to be on Instagram. You got to go dance in your office and make a video. It's just like, oh, my word, <laughs> when will I write the book? <laughs> mm.
0: Well, I think that's that's a key aspect. Like, I do think you're right. You can't do everything, even um, even authors who have outsourced everything except the writing don't do everything. Um, but uh but that's kind of our topic, right? Is like, what what things can you outsource? And you mm. know, obviously some of this is going to be a question of resources. And so I thought maybe yeah. we could talk a little bit about like, if you can only afford one thing or two things, which thing would you outsource or which thing should you save up for? And I'm going to be a little bit biased because I'm an editor, but I heard someone else once say that the two most important things, if you can only do two things for your book is a professional cover And editing. Well, it entirely depends on your skill set too. Yes, Uh,
2: yeah. Like if you're, you know, if you write and you are an artist as well, then Mm -hmm. maybe you don't have to outsource the cover because you can handle the cover yourself. Uh, I would always recommend outsourcing editing though, because even if you yourself are an editor, um, yes, you you should definitely get
0: another set of eyes on it. Yeah. Um, Just yesterday, I sent an email out to. 200 people that had a typo in it so you know <laughs> pretty important one too and I was like it, uh,
1: you could have sent an email saying did y'all find that
0: uh, there you go that, that was a test well, I hope we we're hoping we're being if you find it you
2: get a prize right <laughs> right well, two
0: people already have found it cuz they emailed me about it already <laughs> oh. <First. laughs> oh, so oh
2: gosh so uh, what but, would you say the same thing Leah? Or is I there would. something else you would outsource or well
1: when I first started, I was uh, did it all. And you'll laugh, but my husband did the first book editing.
0: It's and just, he's great at grammar. Yeah, that's
1: yeah you have to start somewhere, right? It wasn't me, but, yeah. you know. And he's an engineer, and Bonnie mm. and I both know mm-hmm. what engineers are <laughs> like. <laughs> you know, romance book, engineer. Mm. Mm. Okay, he could find the grammar issues, uh, but he had no help with the story or maybe the tone or you know anything like that so when i found bonnie and uh used her for you know the next set of books i was like oh that's what i've been looking for you know because she she really helped me understand where the holes were in my story my husband could just tell me that that sentence was awkward but he never really had that theme of you could improve the story by doing this. Bonnie's really great at that. And she's also great at giving tips. I I tell her all the time when I'm writing, sometimes I'm (laughs) kind of lazy. So I just sort of write and I think, Bonnie would call me out on that. She'd say, Leah, that's showing, that's telling, not showing, write it down right. (laughs) So, you know, she's She's been a great influence. Now, covers. I was going to say, because you do your own covers, and they're quite good. Well, thank you. I do. That, to me, is my creative outlet for my visual side of me, Mm. where, you know, the writing is more your, I don't know, your mental side or something. But I have to admit, these new rom-com covers I'm doing, where they're Just the characters on the Mm -hmm. front, you know, not real people. That's been so much easier because (laughs) I would spend hours looking for my characters, a picture of them. And it would always be, well, the guy has weird hair, but the girl's perfect. (laughs) Um, You know, and I can't afford to go out to the park and have two people be my my models. models. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I have to find that picture.
2: Fun fact: A former roommate of mine was actually asked to be one of those models once.
0: Nice.
2: An author saw her and her boyfriend walking in Barnes and Noble and was like, "You were perfect." And I was like, "That doesn't sound shady." She's like, "I kind of thought it sounded shady, but we did it." And yeah, it was a prof- it was a professional shoot. And nice. I was like, "Oh, so did you get a copy of the cover?" She's like, "No, I forgot
1: to ask." And I was like, well, "She can probably buy it, <laughs> you know, go buy the book." Yeah, but that's really hard because you have, and especially don't write a girl with red hair. Mm -hmm. It's nearly impossible to find that person in a picture. Prejudice against redheads.
0: I I guess.
1: There nobody, redheads don't, you know, get into the photos with Canva has on hand, (laughs) you know, whatnot. But editing, 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 editing. Don't try to do it yourself. Don't have your friend do it. Don't have your grandma do it hire a professional editor that would be my advice
2: if now for no other reason they don't love you as much right and so and so they're able to be a little more impartial and a little less like oh it's great it's good it's amazing um but you also just recently got done. am i allowed to talk yeah, about yeah, go ahead the good. audiobook yes oh yeah and so you recently outsourced your audiobook as well
1: oh man there's no way i could have done that <laughs> first of all i had no clue how to do it. <laughs> And I can't imagine myself uh, reading my own stuff. I don't know. That sounds funny. You hear that advice a lot. I've signed up for like every author newsletter under the sun. And a lot of them say, well, just get a professional microphone and you can do it yourself. And I'm like, nope, nope. (laughs) I want to hear it with new voices. I want to hear it with the male voice and the female voice. Uh, I didn't just want only one voice in it. Um, and also, I mean, I had no idea how this world worked. You think, okay, I've published a book. Now I should understand exactly how to do an audio book. Nope. <laughs> so I hired a production company, um, and they've been terrific and, oh, my gosh, uh, you know, I feel like they, they got me, kind of like Bonnie gets me, <laughs> and they saw what I wanted to do, and they are helping me achieve that goal, and I can't wait for it to come out. Now, I hope the world likes it as much as I like it, um, but I have really high hopes for this, and it's a really special project because the book also has a song that's associated with it. And I don't know if you want me to tell that story or not. I think it's an interesting aspect. So, yeah. Okay. So I wrote the book, I published it. And about six months later, this gentleman, and keep in mind, this is a romance book, right? You don't really (laughs) expect to get an email from a guy. Uh, He writes me and he says, would you mind if I wrote the music to Lacey's song? And I I almost fell out of my chair, you know, (laughs) out of the blue. And I'm like, huh? okay. Well, I told him I own the lyrics (laughs) because I thought, you you know, you don't don't know in this internet world what you're dealing with, right? Mm -hmm. Is he just trying to take my lyrics and write his own song? I didn't know. And he said, uh, so I said, sure, go ahead. And I have to admit, I thought he'd never do it that was one or two it would be horrible <laughs> and I'd have to turn him down nicely you know and say oh wow how great but <laughs> you know then it was probably about three or four months later he said I have a demo of the song I'm singing it you know and he says I know you want a female voice so I played it all of a sudden Lacey's song came to life for me I was like oh my gosh he 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 really did a great job. I have to admit, tears came in my eyes. I was like, this man, I don't know, is kind enough and sweet enough to write a song. I mean, it was just over overwhelming. And he found a female singer, a a young lady, and they've recorded it. And by the way, they're both from England. (laughs) So this is a worldwide project. It's
2: cool, yeah. That's awesome. But uh, the the whole thing with I own the lyrics, but you write the music, kind of brings up like mm. a really good question. Um, what are best practices for collaborating with other people on your book? So with audiobook production oh, yeah. people really or good, with people. Really good making Question. songs, editors, things of that
0: nature. Right. Well, I'll I'll jump in quick um and just say for me the key thing is always have a contract. I remember I told Leah yes. when when she had this guy wanting to write the music. I was like, "Cool, but get a contract. Make sure you know exactly." And it's not like like you can use a contract in court or whatever, but it's really like the the, the main purpose is to lay out expectations so that you know exactly what both parties are doing. And so you know when things are going to come. I see so many people online be like, I hired an editor and I haven't heard back from them for six months. And I'm just wondering when I'm going to see my book again. And I'm like, yeah, don't, don't do that. Have a contract with deadlines and yeah. Clarity. It's for
2: clarity. So everyone's on the same page. Like just because Mm -hmm. it's a contract doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It's not like a,
1: I have to admit when I, when I did the contract with Philip, that's the, Mm -hmm songwriter. I felt really bad about it. Yeah. I felt like I was a horrible person, like I didn't trust him. And I kept apologizing. I said, Philip, I'm really sorry, but all my friends are telling me I need this contract. (laughs) And he was so nice about it. He's like, yeah, I understand. And so I went online, found a contract and kind of hobbled it, you know, cobbled it together. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that maybe wasn't quite the right approach, but it laid out. Who owned what? The lyrics are mine. We're collaborating on the song. It's going to be part of an audio book. I had that in there at Mm -hmm. no charge because Mm -hmm. I didn't want to produce this book and then have Philip show up and say, you owe me $5,000 for that (laughs) song you included in your book. And I'm like, oh boy. (laughs) So yeah, be very clear what your expectations are. I was going to say another thing to keep in mind too, is
2: that uh, contracts are pretty frequently negotiable. And so I think both sides need to remember that and keep that in mind. Just because you're proposing a contract doesn't mean they have to agree to everything in it. And that's both for people who are receiving the contract and people who are issuing the contract. Like don't be surprised if they come back with suggestions or changes or whatever, because they're, they are allowed to do that.
0: I try to tell people I have a standard (laughs) contract, but I, I always tell people like, look, this is a rough draft. Don't think you have to sign this right away. If you want to run it past anyone, whatever, cool. Um, Let me know if there's anything you want to change. And I don't promise that I'll change what they want to change, but I don't honestly know if there's anything that people have wanted to change that I've been like, no, not doing that at all. Like, anyway, like Miranda was saying, it's it's a give and take and and you figure out what will work for both of you. Right. I did a lot of email back and forth with
1: Philip first, Mm -hmm. trying to sort of get a feeling for where his head was at in the whole process. And then I wrote it down, you know, yeah. in the contract.
2: So, would you say deadlines are also another kind of like best
1: practice, or at least being aware of deadlines, setting deadlines? Yeah, and that could have been maybe one of my mistakes. I didn't really put a deadline in there, it was vague. Song would be ready by the time the audiobook was. Needed it, and I got to admit, uh, Philip is really a great person. But he doesn't oftentimes respond to your email, <laughs> <laughs> so you know the clock's ticking. And uh, Lily wants the song, and I'm like, Philip, are you going to give me that song? You know, did I base my whole plan on something that Philip might deliver six months from now? But now he he did, but I probably should have been more specific in the contract about that so just keep that in mind
0: that might actually on, honestly be another sort of best practice as a self-published author is like you're gonna you're deliver you're developing your process and you can alter it like learn from each thing you go like i've definitely done that as an editor like i've learned through different clients, like, oh, I'm not doing it that way again. Like I had one client who was sending me a chapter by chapter and it just turned out a little bit train wrecky. And so I was like, yep, nope, going forward, I'm just going to like, I'll only edit a full book if it's done. Or if you want me to give feedback on a partial book, then I have different things for that. But I'm not going to do a full edit unless I can see the whole book at one time. And there are other editors who will do it differently, right? So for other people, it might be fine. And so kind of back to what you're saying too, Leah is like, how we have a good relationship. I really do think whenever you're working with someone as a self-published author, you have to make sure that you have that relationship. And it's very much like finding the right therapist. Like you have to <laughs> there there are lots of good therapists out there and they might be good for another person, but not for you. Um, and same thing with with all these different kinds of people that you can be involved with as a self-published author. Like, so if you find one that doesn't work, then you can just be like, you know what, thanks for your work. I'm gonna go with someone else next time. And You can feel guilty about it, but I know I like it.
1: (laughs) Well, and I also think consider your genre.
0: Mm.
1: You probably don't want a nonfiction editor for a romance book. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But it's also
2: important to make sure that you guys mesh well on a personal level. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Like even outside of genre, just to make sure that, you know, like everything,
0: like there's not any friction. Like. Make sure I need that clients you guys... who are okay with me using smiley faces and ha-ha in my comments. Oh, to them. I love that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Especially when she does ha-ha because I know I made her laugh. That's good. But, you know, they have to get you. They have to understand your voice and not try to change it to their voice. I'm sure that's kind of tricky as an editor. You know, you probably think, oh, I'd say that a little different. My husband did that all the time, and he wanted it <laughs> to sound really stilted you know, the engineer in him, um, where I'd say, nah, that's not how they'd say it in a romance book. (laughs) Bonnie's great at, she really rarely tells me I wouldn't say it that way. She coaches me in different ways. So I like
0: that. Is there anything else about the audiobook experience specifically? As I was kind of thinking, was there anything as you went through that experience that you're like, I might write differently going forward to make it easier if I do another audiobook? (laughs) <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know if I'd
1: say that. I would say do hire a professional production mm. company for you. They've helped me so much. I feel like they took the burden of me having to worry about, well, what the, how do you even do this, mm-hmm. you know? Um, writing differently. I guess, you know, after the audio book's done, I should probably ask my producers, <laughs> could I have <laughs> written that differently? That it would have been easier? Because I have two voices, would there be different ways to, to do it? And I would certainly be open to that advice because, you know, maybe these rom-coms would be a fun thing to try next. <laughs> you know, get people laughing. Uh, I, I like doing that. So um, I'm sorry I can't answer it very well because I'm not totally through the
0: process yet. That makes, yeah, that makes sense.
2: I, I've definitely heard a lot of other people talk about the amount of saids that are oh, tacked on. I into wondered books. about that. I've heard it from other audiobook narrators and other authors having their books narrated, because when you use a word on a page repeatedly, your brain kind of starts just skipping over it. It doesn't. It doesn't see it anymore. It doesn't really register it anymore. Like clearly, it's there, and clearly, some people really, really notice it. But for the most part, most people just kind of start glossing over the repetition. Whereas when it comes to the audiobook, it is like, you know, da 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 da, he said. Well, da 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 she said. Yeah. Da 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 he said. Da 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 she said. And it's, and I've heard from a few different people, like, that's a lot of saids. They're like,
1: you know, that's a really good point. And sometimes when I write, and maybe I'm somehow subconsciously aware of the fact that this could be read out loud someday, I'll write the sentence down and then, you know, I'll go, he said. And then I think, we, it's clear from what he said, it's, his, it's him talking. I don't have to clarify that. And so I take it off without really thinking about, you know, oh, I took it off so there's not so many saids in a row. But that's a really good point. If, if it's clear who the speaker is, I would advise don't, don't say he said, he muttered, he, you know, he replied, whatever. Just take that off.
0: And now we're getting into dialogue stuff. But, yeah, you can also just use an action beat or whatever to, to show who said something.
1: Okay. Before I met Bonnie, I had no idea what an action beat was. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And now I'm sitting there going, okay, they need to nod or scratch their chin <laughs> or do something. So now I know.
0: <laughs> um, I guess one last question that we didn't really talk about is like how well, – we sort of touched on it. But how do you decide – which things you want to outsource. There's, I mean, we've covered a lot of different possible outsourcing things, but there's even more, there's book layout, there's the literal publishing it. Like you can hire someone to actually put it on Amazon for you, you know, the marketing, you could hire a marketing firm, right? So I think it's a matter of playing to your strengths. I think of our other friend, Amy, who is a self-published author, and she is a whiz at marketing stuff. She was a business, she is a business owner and owns other, has owned other businesses. And so she said, I can do that part myself.
2: And if I recall, I, mean, had- I think she even has a degree in marketing. Yeah. If I remember
0: right, so yeah. I think so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and you can do research. Like if it's a question, like you can always not always, but most of the time you can trade time for money. So like Leah, I assume when you started designing your covers, you did some research on what looks good on a cover, and you you tried to mm-hmm. learn good practices for cover design, and you spent the time doing that instead of hiring someone who has already spent the time.
1: My very first covers, I got done on Fiverr. Is that how you say mm. it?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I liked them, uh, but, you know, it, you didn't get to, like, change it after the fact. Sometimes you think, oh, I wish I would have done this on that cover. So um, I, I subscribe to a, a guy who he does extensive research into your genre. And he tells you, like, these covers sell. And uh, he, we had really good advice for romance, so I listened to that. And then he says, "Look at who's the top on the top ten list. What's their cover look like?" And I did struggle for a while um, trying to figure that out. But once I did, or at least I think I did, um, I really liked that outlet. So some days when I'm, you know, writing away and I'm getting tired, I think, "Oh, go work on the cover. That'll give your mind a break from the." From the book, but I have to admit, to be really honest, budget played a huge Mm -hmm. role in what I was able to do. Um, You know, in my first several years, I I had a big black hole in terms of I was putting much more money in than I made. One of my goals was like, can I ever break even? (laughs) So budget was kind of big for me but as you finally get to the point where you feel like okay i now have a little money to spend i do recommend you spend it wisely and maybe on the things that like bonnie said aren't your strengths Mm -hmm. you know like i don't know i still love cover design but other marketing some days i wish i could hire a marketing person and (laughs) hopefully i'll get there someday yeah i i would definitely say
2: I would have like a priority list when it comes to outsourcing things. It's Mm -hmm. like budget is high on the priority list because you definitely make do with what you have. Uh, And so I would say probably budget, skill set and enjoyment. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. if you enjoy doing it, don't outsource it. If you like being on Instagram and Facebook and if you like making little graphics or if you like making covers and stuff, then then go ahead and keep that. But. If there's something that you really don't like doing, that is going to chip away at your willpower, that's going to chip away at your motivation, that's going to chip away at a lot of different things. And so then it becomes like a cost-benefit analysis. Mm -hmm. Like, how much is this costing me energy, time, and effort-wise? And then is it worth it? to pay somebody, and is it in my budget to be able to pay somebody? And
1: and don't disregard the mental mm-hmm. energy uh, because, you know, I'm really slow sometimes at um, marketing. You know, I'll sit there and read it over and over and think, is this going to resonate with someone? Where, you know, somebody else could have had a totally different spin uh, and could have done a lot better job so to speak so sometimes that's mentally exhausting to me
0: as long as you're making wise investments you can get return on your investments like one of the things that i saw leah do was you hired beta a beta reading firm that also provides you with reviews and i think as you did that that helped you get more readers right and you you invested and then it turned around and
1: yes um, that's a good point beta readers um I've got a review team now and I used to manage it all on my own but I found an online tool that would do it because so many uh, people say I'd love to review that and never ever they just (laughs) get the free book and never provide a review and you had to manage that manually like well that dude hasn't provided a review for two books they're off the list so this service that I hired online is really helpful so Yes. Think about some of those mundane tasks that something, a
0: tool or a, a, a person could help you with. Yep. All right. But I do think we're out of time. Sorry. I just wanted to throw that in there before <laughs> we <laughs> wrapped it up. But thank you so much for being here, Leah. Um, do we yes. have a question for our changes. listeners, Miranda?
2: We do. Uh, if there was one thing you could outsource, if you had a limited budget and there's one thing you could outsource, what would you outsource? Um, cause I think that's a really good question to keep in mind and maybe even help you plan for the future. So, cause just because you don't have the money for it now, doesn't mean you won't later. So exactly. start making your lists now and let us know on our socials. Stay sharp, my friends. <laughs> We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Writing Forge, a Writing Heights podcast brought to you by Nagano Press. To learn more about The Writing Forge, check out our social links in the episode description. Subscribe to The Writing Forge wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to rate and review. For more informational writing content, be sure to become a Writing Heights member.